And when I got in the balloon on the field, when we started being dragged across the outfield, that's when I found out that they were right. <laughs> Above 12 miles an hour is a little too fast. You ever parachute? No, it's just me and the captain in there with a couple of cans of beer and... <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Good Monday morning to you, Eric Bilstad, along with Michelle Richards. Debbie Lasgas on your rose. Brandon Snide at the stadium at American Family Field as he previews the playoffs for the Brewers, which starts tomorrow. Adam Roberts in our newsroom and Greg Pancake Hill producing the big show. So, Michelle... You're telling me your daughter's a pothead. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> that is absolutely not what I said. So I, I'm fascinated by this story because I'm sure this has happened before to someone else. You know, someone else's kid has done something similar. And you're like, okay, well, how do I play this one? So if you would, you're 12-year-old, right? She's sixth grader? Yes, she's 12. Right. She is in middle school. So we decided it was time for her to get a phone. Mm-hmm. And she just had a birthday over the weekend. And... Grandma, very well-intentioned, said, just look in Amazon and just pick out some accessories for your phone and I'll get them for your birthday. So she picks out a case. The case is like a a nice sage green. Okay. And then she picks out a pop socket, which is one of those little buttons that goes on the back of your phone and you can kind of set it up and hold it and do selfies better or whatever. And grandma doesn't look at what she's ordering, by the way, and just presses checkout. And she gets the present. She opens it. She loves it. We're in the car driving on the way home. I kind of glance at it and don't really notice what it is until one of her friend's mothers pings me and says, "Uh, you might want to check out your daughter's pop socket because it's (laughs) full of marijuana leaves. (laughs) But it looks so pretty, though. It was pretty. It looked like plants. I mean, I kind of just glanced at it, right? Right. Oh, pretty. Palm trees. Nope. Uh Uh-uh. It's not what that is. So for those who don't know what a pop socket is, you were talking about like, so you can hold it, um, but it like sticks on the back of the phone. So like sometimes you can even hang it on something because of this little attachment. Mm -hmm. It's about the size of like a silver dollar, right? The circle. Um, And it had marijuana leaves on it. (laughs) All right. So what did you do? Okay. So my kid doesn't know what marijuana is and she didn't even know how to pronounce it. Like, okay, this was not intentional on anyone's parts. Um, but no, I, I explained to her what it was. I said, no, this is, it's drugs. You can't have this on your phone. <laughs> what if a teacher saw it? What if a coach, you know, another a parent, yeah. like, hey, what are you doing over here, Michelle? <laughs> what kind of parent are you? I'm, I'm curious. So Telly Hughes from 1017 The Truth joined us earlier, and he said he wasn't sure that he would even say anything. Yeah, well. But I have to admit, I'm not. My 12-year-old, I probably, I, I'd say, hey, I'm, I'm guessing I'd probably tell her, yeah, you can't, you can't carry that. Because if it had been like a Budweiser logo or something right. like that, mm-hmm. I mean, we'd say the same thing, right? So you, you, you have to kind of tell them, you have to say the optics aren't a good look there. Yeah. And, and it's legal in some states. So yeah, that was another sure. factor. Like some places, this is, you know, mm. part of the culture or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was totally caught off guard. So I just went with it. 
Well, not really caring, but pretending to care and, and telling her that this is something you have to move on from. So what is she going to do? Is she going to keep it or is she yeah, going to hold no. it on to it until well, she's older? <laughs> I'm, I'm using it actually <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we're going to return it. We'll pick out something a little more appropriate and I will be there with her when she is I was gonna say, browsing the selection. <laughs> next one has like a bong on it or something. <laughs> oh, no? kids. That's, I, I, I firmly believe that this probably happens all the time where some kid innocently picks something. Like I think about it with music all the time. When I was a kid and singing lyrics mm-hmm. to songs without having no idea right. what I'm singing about. I mean, it, it probably, I mean, Puff the Magic Dragon, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but no, I, the, the point being that like that, that type of thing probably happens all the time. I bet if a coach saw that, they would laugh. I hope. We were laughing. Like this was hilarious. My poor mom. Uh, I still think <laughs> like, you should uh, keep mom, it. Mom, you know what you got my daughter? <laughs> I, I, I think there's something there there. You could have kept that thing, I think. It is 818 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Highs in the 80s through Wednesday. Then things start to cool down dramatically into the weekend. So happening now in New York. So former President Donald Trump expected to attend the opening day of his civil fraud trial. He's going to face the judge who ruled the former president inflated his net worth by more than $2 billion. So now all the choppers are following uh, the Trump caravan as it weaves from Trump Tower through the city streets of New York toward the courthouse. Nonstop coverage is taking place. What will happen? This morning, Donald Trump begins a civil trial that puts him at risk of losing control of the business that propelled him to the White House. New York Attorney General Letitia James sued Trump, his adult sons, Don Jr. and Eric, and their family real estate firm for persistent and repeated business fraud that grossly inflated how wealthy Trump really is. So this one isn't getting quite the attention that some of the other uh, trials, the indictments, uh, were getting. I am always curious who is going to be out there waiting for the former president when he shows up at some of these spots, sometimes you'll see people like media day of the Super Bowl where they're in costumes and all excited and trying to be on TV. But then other times it's just a horde of reporters and no one else. Protesters maybe. Yeah. Sometimes there's some demonstrators for and against. Um, but yeah, the, the caravan of multiple dark black SUVs carrying the former president and his group are now headed to the courthouse. So, what does this mean? He's going to face a judge who ruled that the former president inflated his net worth $2 billion more by overvaluing his real estate portfolio. Former federal prosecutor Robert Mintz says the stakes are very high for him. If he is barred from doing business in New York and he is required to sell off all of his New York real estate portfolio, it could cost him hundreds of millions of dollars and severely damage not only the Trump brand, but also the value of his business. So Trump will be there to listen to the opening statements, but he'll have to come back later in the trial when the state expects to call him as a witness. His kids will also be called. This won't be a spectacle at all. Uh, I was just going to say circus comes to mind. (laughs) I'm curious how long these opening statements go, because that's a lot of time for him to have to sit there too, which is not always his biggest thing. Um, So yeah, this is all happening right now. It'll be one of the stories that you hear about later on today, what happened in New York City as that entourage now. The convoy continues to move toward the courthouse. It's 826.
Wisconsin's morning news. Vince Vetrano is back tomorrow. Eric Bilstead, along with Michelle Richards, got this text on the Old National Bank talking text line. 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Good old. Uh, Michelle was talking about her 12-year-old who ordered a pop socket, which is one of those little like circle things you can um, get an attachment on your phone. And it had marijuana leaves on it, and she just thought it had plants, so that was what she was going to use. Here's a text from the 414, Michelle, regarding the pop socket. When I was in middle school in the early 80s, I wore a beautiful feather clip in my hair. I got called down to the office after a teacher turned me in for wearing drug paraphernalia. I had no idea, nor did my parents, that I was wearing a roach clip. (laughs) Good call having the discussion with your daughter. Because that's ultimately what you ended up doing. You had to tell her, like, hey, that's drugs. I did, yeah. I said, that's drugs. You can't have that on your phone, (laughs) even though it might look kind of pretty. Hmm. Is your daughter all in on the uh, the Taylor Swift stuff? They are obsessed. So did they watch football last night? No. We had had birthday birthday extravaganza all weekend. Hence the marijuana pop socket gift. Well, Taylor (laughs) Swift and a a cast of thousands were at the game last night, including a lot of other celebrities as well. Welcome to New York. Taylor Swift blew up social media and caused another fan frenzy for a second Sunday, this time at MetLife Stadium, where she showed up with some celebrity friends to watch the Kansas City Chiefs take on the New York Jets. Ladies and gentlemen, the Eras Tour continues. Taylor Swift is in the building. And the league can thank Swifties. Her rumored romance with tight end Travis Kelsey has caused NFL ratings and ticket sales to skyrocket. According to StubHub, this Jets game was the second highest selling game of the season after its opener. Lower level resales were going for as much as $9,000. Monica Ricks, CBS News. So how does this end? I mean, this isn't every week we're not going to hear about this, right? Like eventually, if there's not already fatigue, and there is, trust me, there's <laughs> going to be. So how does this relationship end? Is this just being done because she has a movie out next week? It's basically um, a montage of the eras tour. Mm-hmm. So that's coming out next week. So obviously a lot of attention now helps with that. But then what? Does she just say, hey, you know what? You know what? We're going to go our separate ways because we realize we're not really into each other. That's your prediction. Yes. You you mentioned that already before. I'm wondering, like, how did this even get started? I know that Travis, Travis, right? Travis Kelsey. Yes. yes. He, he said something about always wanting to date Taylor Swift. And then all of a sudden she shows up at his game. Like, is there really a relationship here? See, the uh, skeptic in me would say no, that this is just a marketing ploy because Mama Kelsey's involved in this, too, and she's in commercials also. So the Kelsey's have podcasts. They're in commercials. They're trying to promote their brand. And now Taylor Swift also trying to make sure that she stays in the limelight as she has this movie coming out. Me, personally, I feel like in three weeks, we're not hearing about this anymore. Well, when does it, when does it end, then, after the movie comes See, out? Yeah, maybe a couple of weeks after that. I don't know. One, one hopeful prediction <laughs> is that, like... They released some statements saying, yeah, we're moving on, personal live stuff. So, mm-hmm. But we've decided that we're just going to remain friends. She's got some time, though. She doesn't start back on her tour until November, I think, early yeah. November. My so. f- the, the video last night was pretty funny of her walking in with her entourage. 
and security and whatnot. And then behind her, like 10 feet behind her with like no one around them was Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. <laughs> like actually some pretty big name Blake actors. Lively. Yeah, Blake yeah. Lively. And they're all just like, oh, ho home. Yeah, <laughs> we're coming to the game too. <laughs> 840, we'll check in the roads again with Debbie Lotsky here in a minute. It's going to feel like summer the first couple of days this week. A high of 85 today, tomorrow, high of 80 on Wednesday. Thursday cools down to a high of 71. Friday, a high of 54 with overnight temps, what, like in the 40s and 30s? 30s. Jeez. Okay. So, yeah, the bottom falls out later this week. So, we've been um, spending a lot of time this morning on the Milwaukee Brewers and the hunt for Brew October because the Brewers begin their playoff series tomorrow against the Diamondbacks. We have three games potentially, at least two, and the first game tomorrow starts at 6.08. Same thing for the second game. So that's great news for those who were wondering about whether or not they were going to get tickets just because they weren't sure when the start time was. 6.08, that's a great start time. Um, so Brewers.com, you can get tickets for that. They still have tickets available for that. Euchre uh, throwing out the first pitch tomorrow. And T-plush, Niger Morgan throwing out the first pitch on Wednesday. Brandon Stein's been at the stadium all morning long, and he is catching up with Rick Schlesinger, Brewers President of Business Operations. Joining me now on 620 WTMJ, the President of Baseball Operations, Rick Schlesinger. And Rick, playoff baseball in Milwaukee, it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's a long season, 162 games, and we're where we want to be, and we're on a deep run, but it starts with an important series, obviously, against the Diamondbacks, best two out of three here at the ballpark. And if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, there are still tickets available. We do have our start time, so games one and two will both be a 6.08 first pitch. Game three, if necessary, will be the same time. But there are still tickets available for fans to purchase. Is that correct? Right. Now that we know our game time and our opponent, uh, the last of our tickets will be available. And many of them are inexpensive, 25 and $30 for a seat. Great atmosphere here, a lot of energy, looking for full houses with rally towels flying and hopefully uh, victories. So when fans come into the stadium this week, Rick, and they cheer on these Milwaukee Brewers getting ready, to take on the Arizona Diamondbacks, the National League Central Division champions. A, a rally towel will be handed out. Is there any other special giveaways? Is there any menu items that have been added? What can fans expect once they enter the ballpark? Yeah, they'll have the rally towels. We'll have some specialty food and a specialty beer available, as well as all the standards. And, you know, just the playoff atmosphere in and of itself is pretty special. So I think the fans will be excited. Parking lots open three hours before first pitch. Gates open two hours before first pitch. And again, it's going to be an electric atmosphere here. When you come into the ballpark, too, on Tuesday for game one, there's going to be a special chalk lineup announcement. Um, So encourage fans to kind of get out here a little bit earlier than maybe they're used to, get out of those parking lots, get into your seats. What exactly are the Brewers doing uh, before that first pitch in game one? Yeah, the players will line up, be introduced. It's kind of what we do on opening day, but obviously for the postseason, it's a special way to honor these guys. And again, it'll be beautiful tailgating weather, but I think the fans will want to be here inside the ballpark and watch the festivities and, you know, watch the drama, watch Euchre throw out a first pitch, and hopefully we'll score a lot of runs and prevent a lot of runs and have a good victory in game one. Well, last question here for you, Rick. Obviously, the Brewers will be here in Milwaukee for all three games Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday if necessary. Now, if I don't have a ticket to the game, is the team store still available for purchasing items such as, I don't know, a National League Central Division t-shirt or sweater or hat? Is the team store operating as normal? Yep, but obviously during games you've got to have a ticket to come in. 
uh, but uh, non-game days or off hours, this store will be open. Awesome. Thank you for your time, sir. Rick Schlesinger, the president of Baseball Operations, joining me here on 620 WTMJ as our Milwaukee Brewers begin their postseason run. Awesome. Thank you, Brandon. Brandon Snide at American Family Field where they start tomorrow. So a couple of things. So they have a team workout today. They play the Diamondbacks, who, uh, if I heard, if I remember right, Sophia Minert says the, uh, the pitcher for the Diamondbacks pitching tomorrow is a rookie. So that helps the Brewers. So anyway, they have a team workout today, and uh, the national anthem tomorrow will be sung by the UW Marching Band. They're actually going to perform it. They're not going to sing it. They're going to play it. That would be cool. Um, and then on uh, Wednesday, it'll be the uh, local recording artist Sarah Seri will perform the anthem on Wednesday. So, And you heard Brandon talking about that shock lineup. That's always so cool when they do that, when everyone kind of comes out. They introduce everybody, and everyone gets a good hand. So pretty cool. I'm always curious how they figure out the uh, ceremonial first pitch because you don't want to bring out the big guns right away, mm-hmm. right? So, you know... Some of those big names of Brewers lore that'll throw out if they get deeper into the postseason, but you also want to make sure that you're not just throwing anybody out there. So, Yuke's a good start. A little Mr. Baseball go. to start the action. So, uh, let's do this. Uh, we want to come back and check in with Sandy Max and Steve Scafidi because uh, something happened over the weekend. And I'm very curious to get Sandy and Steve's opinion on, uh, but we'll leave you with this since this means extra Euchre. This week, we got more Bob Euchre on the radio, which is always a good thing. I I found this old uh, story that he told just a couple of weeks ago. He tells the story about how when he first started way back when doing Brewers game, uh, they decided to put him in a hot air balloon above County Stadium. I was going to be tethered to the light tower in the basket with the captain and... I was going to do the pregame show from there and do my portion of the broadcast from the hot air balloon tied to the light tower, which would have put me up in the air a couple of hundred feet, Um, which after I said yes, I didn't think it was a very good idea. (laughs) But I, I tried to do it, and anyway, as I said, we got carried... I shouldn't have got in the basket in the first place because the winds, they said if the winds were above 12 miles an hour, it would be a little testy to get the balloon up and stationary. Mm -hmm. And when I got in the balloon on the field, when we started being dragged across the outfield, that's when I found out that they were right. (laughs) Above 12 miles an hour is a little too fast. You ever parachute? No, it's just me and the captain in there with a couple of cans of beer. And <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be warm to start the week, a high of 85 today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, a high of 80. Then things cool down. Thursday, a high of 71. Friday, a high of 54 degrees. And then into the weekend. Your forecast sponsored by Dave Dre Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Michelle Richards, who's going to go camping this weekend. Enjoy we'll see that. about that. <laughs> Enjoy that. <laughs> might, be a, might be a short, tw- short trip. <laughs> what would you rather have had? Le- last weekend's weather or this weekend? Yes, weather? last weekend. <laughs> yes. It's so hot in a tent. Oh, it's. Mm. I'd rather have the cool. It's weather. nice at night, though. It is. Yeah. I mean, thirties. The bugs though, are. I think the bugs are okay. So. Thirties is well. Not good luck. Good. good luck to you. You have to yeah. have a big bonfire. <laughs> yeah. Right. A real bonfire just to stay warm. Mm-hmm. WTMJ now with Sandy Max and Steve Scafidi is next. Wanted to ask you guys. So over the weekend history, you two 
playing the first ever show at that Las Vegas sphere. So that's that massive dome. It's like a giant ball that you can see from the outside. Yeah. It's wrapped in more than a million LED lights. Yeah, pretty on the cool outside, to see. It can do, it can look like an eyeball, yeah. like a really big blinking human eyeball. It can look like the world. It can look like the moon. Like they've made it a piece of art on the outside. Yeah. Now we've finally seen inside. It's fascinating. It's unbelievable. It's fascinating. I agree. It's like IMAX on steroids. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So 18,000 seats, you're seeing Bono, you're seeing The Edge, you're seeing U2 play, and then at the same time, just just imagine it, and it's the entire shape of the wall, the ceiling, everything is flashing lights, craziness, artwork. I yeah. thought I saw a huge landscape for where the streets have no name. It's just like this huge drive into the desert, but it, it's just all encompassing. So what do you think? I would I would definitely go see it. I'm actually going to be there in four weeks, and I was tossing around the idea to try to get tickets, but I, I think they're going to be prohibitively expensive. So. Sure. But I, I would totally go see them there. That, everything about it seems cool to have that. I, I saw the same backdrop you saw. It, it's absolutely stunning. And they can do it 360 around you with the band in the, in the middle there. It's in, incredible. So, Sandy, you've been to a lot of shows. Michelle, you've been to a lot of shows, too. Yes. What do you think, Sandy? Do you need that? Do you need that extra stimulation? I want to experience it. One of my very best friends is going with her sister in about a week. And I'm so jealous. I mean, I was like, are you sure your sister's going? Like, are you sure? Like, if she can't make it, right. I, I could probably make that happen. It looks like a colossal experience. And I think it has to be the right band. Like, to me, U2 is the right band for this experience because I care about the music so much and I care about how they do shows right. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's iconic music. And I think right? experience is exactly the right word because you're not just going to a concert. You're going to, like, this crazy visual experience. And I would want to go twice because I would want to go to not use my phone. I would want to go and just see it all and experience it and absorb it. Because I saw everybody, and and how can you not be tempted right. to have your phone up to try and capture this incredible accomplishment? I mean, it's a real. This is a state of the art if, venue, and I even saw one of the uh, reviews was in Rolling Stone, and they're like, "I don't think I can ever go to a janky sports arena again." Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you got to be careful. Like this could spoil Boring. you for every other concert. Yeah, like oh, it's just a band on stage. Dang well, it! That's interesting because it's that whole idea of this is how musicians make money now, right? I mean, they always have by touring, but since you can't really make money on record sales as much, you have to do stuff like this, whether it's at Amfam Field or at one of these large venues, or create your own ridiculous venue. I just, for me, yeah, I would totally go if someone offered me a ticket or if I could get it at a decent price. But I have to admit, like, especially you two, I don't think I need the extra distraction or stimulation. I think just watching Bono would be cool enough. I've never seen him, so I'm interested just to see them. But um, I said this the other day, away from the show, Vegas keeps reinventing itself and they find new and exciting ways to kind of present this something that no one has. And now they're, of course, a sports capital of the country with all their newly arriving teams, new stadiums. So I would just go to look at it, and I know we're going to do that. We're going to walk around as close as we can get to it just to see what the outside looks but looks like. But if I get my hands on some tickets, there's four of us, six of us going, we'll definitely go to the concert. Because you're creating a musical landscape then, for sure. Yep. Like, think about Pink Floyd. They were the first band to have the big circle screen over, and that was revolutionary. And then you had the right. Stones who started building these, like, cityscapes as part of their, or a ship as part of their staging presentation. So it's this is that 21st century evolution. I want to see if the sphere, which was billions of dollars mm -hmm, to make, mm -hmm. 
Is it going to be like, well, I mean, this is the kind of thing like you'd expect in Dubai, but Vegas has it. So are these going to pop up in London and other cities? Mm. WDTMJ now is next. It's 858.